Hey you, welcome to our podcast. My name is Keely Fernandez and I started the First Cup group. We are so glad that you are here. I don't know how you found this. I don't know if somebody shared this with you. You may know me personally or you may be in our First Cup group over on Facebook. I'm just so glad you're here. I hope this episode inspires you. I hope it encourages you, maybe just lifts you up today. I hope that the Lord just speaks to you through me, my friends. I hope you just really feel uplifted today. Have a great day and enjoy this episode. Well, hello and welcome to our Monday Facebook Live. I'm so glad that you're here joining me. Um, I've got a few friends on here this morning as well in our Facebook group. And so wherever you are today and whatever time of day it is, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Today we're going to talk about um, something that I hope is encouraging for you um, during whatever season you're in. And I hate so much that everything that we're listening to and everything, wherever you're getting your resources from, um, the news or social media, I hate that we're constantly saying, you know, in this season and in this unprecedented times and, um, you know, because the world is so crazy right now. And I know that we're so sick of hearing it. We're so tired or maybe you're not. I am so personally, I'm so sick of just hearing it over and over again. And I'm sitting here saying, you know, hopefully in the season that you're in, um, I think we're all, I think we can all just say right now is hard in all areas of our life, right? Um, work, maybe with money, um, maybe with our friend situations, because we're not able to, you know, see our friends often, um, with school, it's just, it's hard. It's a hard life that we're living right now, but, you know, with our perspective, I mean, I've, I've read a lot, just, there was an, even an article on Facebook that talked about, um, people who lived through multiple wars and, um, the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression and things like that. So definitely we can change our perspective in that, but it doesn't have to say that this season right now that we're living isn't hard, right? And so we can all agree, yeah, right now is hard. But today we're going to talk about rejoicing in the Lord always. And we are in an awesome book called Anxious for Nothing, Finding Calm in a Chaotic World. It's written by Max Licato, and we are going through that. And we're only on chapter four. So if you're just now coming in, you are not missing a whole lot. Um, chapter four, we're just in the beginning. And um, today we are specifically talking about rejoicing in the Lord always. And so I hope this morning encourages you. And I hope this morning just gives you maybe a breath of fresh air. We're going to talk about the story of Joseph and we're going to talk about man, just the Lord and how good he is and how we can rejoice even when it's tough. Um, it's one thing to rejoice in the Lord when life is good, you know, when things are happening and, and life is happening and, you know, we're able to see our friends and we're able to go out and be free, you know, not so constricted and wearing masks and gloves and, and just being our true selves. And not having to navigate mentally. Have you ever noticed that we have to like mentally now? I have to navigate getting out of the car. Oh, I could sit here and tell you a story about daycare. I'm so dumb. And I I'm so awkward that I speak things that I probably shouldn't say out loud, especially now. And it's not like in a normal time that would have been a normal thing to say, but man, 
uh, Roman ate donuts one morning when I was taking him to work. And when I got to the back seat of the car to get him out of his car seat, he had donuts all over his mouth, all over his face. And so we always carry a bag of wipes and, um, I grabbed the wipey and the, oh, they, it was empty. The bag of wipes was empty. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got stuff all over his face. I didn't want to take him to daycare and it'd be gross. You know, he's got stuff all over his hands, his face. So what would any mother do in this moment? I just, you know, found a, a zip up that was in the car, a quarter zip that was just in the car and I licked it and I just wiped Roman's face. Like I just wiped him and it cleaned him off, you know? Well, I took him into daycare and he still had a little bit on his face. And the lady actually commented on it. She said, oh, he's been eating donuts. I said, yes. I said, I'm so sorry. I ran out of wipes in the car. I ran out of our car wipes. And so I just licked a, and as soon as I said that instantly, like her face was just mortified. And so <laughs> in a normal world, <laughs> that would be totally fine. Like just licking your kid off. Not today. You don't lick anything. Like keep your germs to yourself, right? <laughs> So I felt really bad. I was like, I mean, you know, just really awkward and, and moved on. But it's just so funny how we're having, like, we're not really free to go out and just be normal. Like we have to really think about what we're doing. I've got to think about um, how I place my groceries in the basket, how I, you know, navigate, like, right. Do you, are you guys feeling that same? Like, oh, I've got to think now about everything I do. And so, um, you know, good times are not really around. And some of us are experiencing good times. Some of us, we have, you know, we're bringing in new life and we are, um, gosh, having great jobs and we're having a great time at our jobs. And some of us are moving and, you know, we're going to different places and we're starting a new life somewhere else maybe. And some of us are, um, just experiencing the good of life. And that's okay. That is okay to do. I know it's weird because you're like, man, I shouldn't be, should I be rejoicing and be happy in a time that's so scary all the time and sad and unknown and just crazy. Right. And so it's, it's one thing to rejoice in the Lord when life is just so good. And some of you are experiencing right, that right now, but when the odds are against us and things are just crumbling left and right, it's just so hard right? It's so hard to look at God and just be like, God, you're good. And this is amazing. And I'm just so happy. It's hard. And I think a lot of times, um, I just watched a sermon, actually, the Elevation Church, Stephen Vertick. Um, I just watched his sermon on Sunday and how he was talking about, we think that we have to be happy all the time to get to the next step in our life, or we have to be happy to go through our life and everything's got to be happy and joyful. Like we can't experience the goodness of God in a season of sadness. And that's not true. And I know that's not true because guess what? We're going to talk about the story of Joseph and Joseph's story. This is one of abandonment. And really, if you go back and look through in Genesis, it's chapter 37 through 50. If you go back and read those chapters, you will just go through his story and go, what in the world? <laughs> like he keeps rising to the top and just going back to the bottom and rising to the top and just getting smashed to the bottom again and rising to the top and getting smashed to the bottom and just abandoned a lot in his life. And if you go back and read it, I'm going to give you like cliff notes version. His brothers at a young age sold him into slavery, just sold him. Um, so he was abandoned by that. They lied to his dad that he died and they even got goat's blood and put it on his coat and took it to his dad and said he died. 
Um, and his dad didn't go out and look for him one because he thought he was literally dead, but some could say, you know, his father was kind of uninvolved. Like, how do you let your son sell a kid? But you know what? Joseph was what? One of 12 by that time. Come on, parents with multiple kids. You're like, eh, he's fine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all watch out for each other and go. And so I get that. But some could say, you know, maybe he was a little bit uninvolved of what was going on. Um, Potiphar, Joseph work, goes into slavery, but works his way up to Potiphar's household. And he becomes someone special in Potiphar's home where Potiphar trusts him with his um, finances and his uh, crops and his resources and things like that. But then Potiphar's uh, wife um, kind of seduces Joseph in a creepy cougar way. And um, she wants to sleep with Joseph, just like, eh, no. And he tries to run away. His coat rips. She's holding his coat. She then claims that he, he raped her. And then it's this whole thing. Potiphar, of course, stands next to his wife. And guess what? throws Joseph in jail. So not only is he back up in the ranks, he's now back into jail. Um, and he's like, what is happening? He makes his bed, you know, he becomes somebody respectable in the jail cell. Um, he becomes, uh, what did they say? The convent in charge. And he becomes somebody that's trustworthy because his whole life, he is someone that you can trust. He has integrity. He has good character, but he keeps getting put in the wrong, bad situations at the wrong time, like just wrong place, wrong time. That's his story, right? And so he's in the jail and uh, he's kind of working his way up in, in the ranks of, of prison. And he meets these two people that are having dreams. He's like, oh yeah, I can, you know, interpret your dreams. He interprets them. One is the guy dies and he's like, get your affairs in order because you're going to die. But one of them, it's a butler. And he's like, dude, you're getting out of here. Like Potiphar, I mean, uh, Pharaoh's going to come and bring you back up and you're going to get a chance to live life again. And um, he said, but remember me when you go to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh I'm here. Remember me when you go up. And of course the guy forgets, <laughs> he gets out of jail and forgets about Joseph until Pharaoh is starting to have dreams and no one can interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And this butler goes, oh, I know, I remember someone in jail that did, that interpreted my dream. And, uh, ow. um, so the guy comes, but guess what? Joseph is in jail for two years, for two full years. And sometimes it's like, oh, that's nothing. But I mean, for someone who has good character and is in jail for the wrong reason, and, and is helping people in jail and is doing good things in jail. He's in there for two years waiting. Is that guy going to remember me? <laughs> I told him not to forget me. What's going on? And so he's just waiting in jail for two years. And, you know, we can say he probably asked the questions of God, where are you? God, is this how you treat your children that are doing all the right things? Where are you? Why are you treating me this way? Um, and we don't know if he asked those questions. I mean, if he was human, I would think that he would ask those questions. I think he would look at his life and go, what did I do wrong? Where am I going wrong here? Um, so if you were in a season of your life or you're going through a struggle that is tough and hard, um, and you just keep hitting rock bottom and keep hitting rock bottom and keep hitting rock bottom, you're not alone in asking questions. Um, you know, 
I believe in God. I'm following him. Is he aware that I'm here? Does he care? You know, you're not alone in asking those questions. And other religions are going to say, no, he's not. Other beliefs are going to say, no, he's not. Um, he, you know, created the earth and left us here. Uh, there's just so many belief systems out there that they're going to say, yeah, he doesn't care about you. But Christianity today says, yes, yes, he does care. And he is not just personally involved, but he's powerfully involved in his creation. And in Colossians chapter one, verse 17, it says he is before all things. He's before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He is before all things and in him, things hold together. And I have, I mean, there is tons of scripture talking about how the Lord structured the universe, how he put the universe together, how he has um, structure and control and how he holds everything together in Ephesians 1:11, in Psalms 104, 14 through 15, in Matthew 5:45, in Matthew 6:26, and then in verse 10, verse 20, in chapter 10, verse 29. In Daniel 5:21, in Psalms 75:7, in Jeremiah 30:24, all these things talk about, all these verses talk about the Lord and how he rules and how he created the earth and how there is structure across the land and how um, he loves to see his people delighted. Um, he is here and he is involved. He's very involved in our life. And in Ephesians chapter one, verse 11, it says, in him, we are also chosen according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. He works out everything for us with the purpose of his will, his will. And we are chosen and he has a will for your life. Okay. So if he is in charge and he is personally involved and he is in control, why does he permit challenges to come our way? Look around the world. Why are things happening? What's going on? Um, why did Joseph go through all this in his life? Look at, Paul. you know, we're talking about, um, Paul, you know, we talked about Paul. We were talking about Peter, even, you know, um, Paul turning to Saul. What did I say? Peter. We're not talking about Peter. We've never talked about Peter. I don't know why I said that. Paul, we're talking about Paul and how even last time, how, you know, he was completely blind and the Lord saved him and completely turned his life around. But today, Joseph. We just see failure after failure, disappointment after disappointment, abandonment after abandonment. So why does God permit challenges to come our way? And in the story of Joseph, when, you know, years later have happened, Pharaoh, in fact, listens to the butler, brings Joseph up. He interprets Joseph, Pharaoh's dream. There's going to be famine across the whole nation. And Pharaoh listens to Joseph and says, okay, if this is the way it's going to be, you're in charge. Take care of the food. Get everything ready. Prepare us for what you are saying is going to come. And so Joseph does it. He is a hard worker. He does it. He's in control of so many things. He almost becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man. Um, 
and he navigates through a crisis. He is put in the exact place at the right time to save a whole nation from famine. And years later, Joseph is, Joseph's brothers come to him and they're needing food, they're needing help. And there's a whole dramatic scene that happens. Joseph sends him away, they come back. He holds on to the youngest brother, Benjamin. He sends him away, they come back. And it's just whole drama. And you guys have, will have to go back to Genesis um, 50 and go back and read that. But Joseph told his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish. And so we can sit here and go, why, why are we going through this, all these challenges? And maybe you're going through your own personal challenges with your marriage, with your children, with your finances, with your jobs, your own personal challenges, let alone the world challenges, right? It's like we're getting a double whammy. Um, and we could sit here and go, why is he permitting this? Like I'm, I'm, maybe you're being super obedient and you're being um, good with everything that he's giving you is given you. You are being a good steward of your blessings and you're still running into challenges. So what is going on? And I love that Joseph says this to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. But God, but God, God can change. And, and there's so many, it's like a, a theme almost, I feel like for where we're at, God can turn so many things he can turn what is evil into good. And we've seen it. We've seen it on the cross. We've experienced it ourselves. God turned what was evil, sent his son to die on the cross for us. And now we live eternal life. He turned what was meant for evil. He turned it into good. And Joseph, one of the things that we look at Joseph, we look back at his story and we go, what's, what's going on? Joseph kept God in the middle of his circumstances at all times. And we have things that are going on. Are you keeping God in the middle of your circumstance? And we talked about at the beginning, it's hard. It's hard to rejoice in the Lord when things are tough. And it doesn't mean you have to be so happy and yay, God is so good. But are you keeping him? I'm telling you, Joseph, in the middle of being accused of raping someone and going to jail, I mean, do you think he was like, God is so good. I love Jesus. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he was a special character. Maybe he was, but good morning, Kathy. Um, maybe he was, but I can guarantee there were times where he was afraid and terrified and like, what? This is not me. I didn't do this. This is not me. And he never once took God out of the equation though. <clears throat> he might've been upset and scared and, and sad at times, but I don't think he ever took God out of the equation. He never took God out of the circumstances. And we see that because he had integrity. He was a hard worker. He kept rising to the top. Every time he would be somewhere, he kept rising to the top. And it wasn't like God was doing that for him. God's not magic. He doesn't just have a wand and waves it and says, you're good. Um, he kept God in the middle of his circumstances. He had those godly characters, the wisdom, the integrity, the, the work ethic, the hope, 
right? And so we can sit here and we can look at Joseph's story and it, it teaches us two things. We can sit here and we can um, wear our hurt. We can wear our hurt and we can wear our pain and we can wear all the rough that's going on or we can wear the hope. We can wear the hope in the Lord. We can keep God in the middle of our circumstances and we can rejoice in how good he is to us. Even if it's not the happiest rejoice, you can still rejoice and still feel afraid and still feel scared, but you can still rejoice because sometimes that's the only thing that is going to carry you through the circumstance, right? He is the only one that can reroute evil to good. And we see it multiple times in the Bible. Multiple times we receive, you know, Moses with his staff hits it on the rock and it splits the sea. God literally turns seas to highways, right? Turn, yeah, seas to highways. People were able to walk through the sea. He turns, he can turn what is a scary situation and what is maybe dramatic and what is um, lots of pressure and unknown. He can turn that into good. But God, Joseph's story throughout, you know, Guys, brothers, you were intended to hurt me and you were intended to almost kill me, to make me unknown. But God brought me here to this time for a reason, to help save a nation from famine. Only God can do that. But we have to keep him in the middle of our circumstance. So I don't know what you're going through today on top of worldly issues. I don't know if you're having struggles with your marriage. I don't know if you're having struggles with your businesses. I don't know if you're having struggles with things at work or with your kids or with your friends, with your church. I don't know what you're struggling with, but rejoice in the Lord always and keep him in the middle of that circumstance. Keep him in the middle of it because he is the only one that can turn something so bad, so hurtful, so painful, so scary, so unknown. He's the only one that can turn that to good for the glory of his kingdom. He's the only one that can do it. And so we have a choice. We can either wear our hurt or we can wear our hope. And I love at the end of this chapter, Max Licato says, we can cave into the pandemonium of life or we can lean into the perfect plan of God, right? Because he rules the earth. He goes before us, right? It just says Colossians 1 and 7, chapter 117. He's before all things. He has gone before us. So we can lean into the pandemonium of life and go, oh, it's going to happen over here. What's going to happen over here? This is scary. Oh my gosh. Oh, and just be all over the place. Or we can lean into the perfect plan of God. And we can believe the promise, which is in Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, all things. Your water heater busted, God can work good in all things. That's a small thing, especially right now. You think, oh, a pandemic, God can work in all things for the good of those who love him. In all things, we get to make the choice to say, okay, are we still going to rejoice? Are we still going to keep God in the center of the muck and mire, right? <laughs> God took the crucifixion of Friday and turned it into the celebration of Sunday. And that is the biggest testimony of what God can do, right? So I hope that encourages you guys today. And I hope that you um, 
remember to stop your or me for sure my my mindless thinking of ah and the pen like going this way and this way and this way and this way um all the confusion going on and, and i can easily jump into that and i can easily um choose to wear the hurt and the pain and this afraid and the fear but i can also choose to wear hope and i think a lot of people need to see that because everyone is seeing the other side I think more people need to see the hope and more people need to see um, God's goodness and hear stories of how he turned dark to light, right? We need to hear more of those stories. And so I hope today you're not mind spiraling and you're not letting your anxiety control you, but you are rejoicing in the Lord and you're letting God take control of your circumstance. It is well with my soul, whatever that looks like, God. It is well with my soul. I hope that encouraged you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope this episode was just what you needed. If you're a lady friend, go find us on Facebook, the First Cup group. We'd love to have you there. We'd love for you to grow in our community with us. We hope that you have a great day and come back and see us soon. Bye guys. Mm-hmm.